0: And welcome to The Worst Best Sellers, where we read about summer reading fraud so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read Pickle Puss by Patricia Riley Giff. Joining us to discuss this early chapter book about the casual dishonesty of children is Becca, firm believer that children are fucking liars. Everyone I've ever met.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Becca is also the editor of her podcast and and returning guest. you You probably know Becca.
0: And if you don't,
1: you're about to. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded more ominous than I meant
2: it to. (laughs) If you don't, you're going to be like, wow, Becca read shitty books as a kid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will straight up put out there that after the first flashback summer when Becca was the guest, people definitely responded and said, so is she going to be back next summer? So... I'm assuming so that So after this
2: time. one, they'll be like, can you not have Becca back next summer?
1: <laughs> <sighs> well, Becca, it's it's not you. It's Patricia Riley Giff, I think. So Pickle Puss, this is a book from the Polk Street School Kit. Or I guess the series is technically called The Kids of the Polk Street School Series.
2: Which I've actually literally never heard it referred to. Everyone calls it Polk Street School Kids.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at the cover, and it's sure, in a little sure.
2: logo. No, I totally get getcha. I know what you're talking about.
1: Yes. So this is a an early chapter book from the early 90s. I think it was even the 80s. I think, I think this one was 1990. Oh, no, you're right. The original copyright 1986.
2: Bitch.
1: Nice. <laughs> 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 well... Uh, Becca picked these books so she should know when they're from, I guess. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to, to give a tiny introduction, although I've never read any of these before. Um, mostly to remind you all of the concept of Flashback Summer, where we're going back to read books from our childhood. Uh, Flashback Summer, what a time. What a time to be alive. So this is a series that I never read when I was a kid. I maybe never heard of it, to be honest so I'm gonna let Becca talk about it since this is something that you do have fond
2: childhood memories of. When I first mentioned it, neither you nor Kate, I think, had heard of it, and yeah. I was just like, I don't understand. This is this is a book, I, a series I read, like, basically in its
0: entirety as a child. I've read other books by Patricia Riley Giff. She, I think she normally does picture books and, like, longer picture books, if I'm remembering correctly. And
1: I think also. she's also branched out later. Like, she... She is a two-time Newbery Honor winner, yeah, but just not
2: for these books. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Um, I don't know. These were books that I first was introduced to because my mom read them to my brother, who I don't fully recall because I was like five at the time. I don't think he was the strongest, or at least not the most excited reader. So she was trying to get him interested in these books which actually feature a lot of not-strong readers. And I was like, oh, are you reading a book to Ben? I shall sit here and listen to, because that's the kind of kid I was. And then pretty soon I was also reading them. I just stole them off my brother's shelf. But they're just, they're as, as we've learned reading them as adults, they're pretty boring. <laughs> they are very straightforward. They are very simple one-to-two-sentence paragraphs. About this, all these kids at this school in Ms. Rooney's room, and there's like eight kids in this class that we care about. I don't know if there's more that we don't care about. Are you counting Jill as one of the kids we care about? I, <laughs> y- yes, because she got a name. Okay. I don't know if there's other ones that we don't know about. Fair, fair. <laughs> or if just there's only ten kids in this public school, in which case, where is this public school? <laughs> But, yeah, there's, you know, a handful of kids. They all get, for the most part, their own books. There's Richard Best, who goes by Beast. And he got, he's the first book. And it's about how he had to stay back and do this class again. So he's like, ah, all the other kids look like babies. And he's not a good reader. And he has to go to special reading class with Emily Arrow and Matthew Jackson, who is his best bud. Matthew Jackson, who's one defining characteristic, is he has a wet the bed smell, <laughs> which I don't fully understand, because either you smell like pee, or you don't. You don't smell like a wet bed.
0: <laughs> I guess. I mean, maybe he smells like wet linens. Maybe. I don't know. Like laundry before you put it in the dryer? Maybe she just thought it was too
1: crass to say he smells like pee.
2: (laughs) This boy smells like piss. (laughs) Um. (laughs) That's in the young adult version. These boring kids have their boring lives where they go to school and then do things outside of school sometimes, and that's, that's about it. And then there's also a mystery series where Don Bosco has her detective kit with her big detective hat that has an eye on it for private eye and it's too big and she always has to stuff something inside of it so it fits but it comes with like a fake mustache and fake glasses because i guess that's what you're doing when you're a detective
1: yeah <laughs> but she solves a lot of mysteries she's gene parmesan jr i don't understand that reference i forgot you guys haven't watched arts of development People, people listening to the podcast are going to laugh. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> people online are going to love
2: my Jean Parmesan joke. Let's move on. <laughs> um, and then I also, I can't remember when I was looking them up after reading them this time around. I discovered that there is also, like, a travel series where they go to, like, different places. Oh. And when I read about it this time, it was a surprise to me, but also when reading the one where they go to Boston, I was like, this sounds vaguely familiar, but I just feel like I would remember it better if I read that, because I was very excited and then disappointed that I couldn't find that in any of the libraries, because I wanted to read about these boring children going to Boston.
1: (laughs) So when you suggested the series, we were trying to pick which one from the series we would focus on, and uh, you said you didn't particularly remember any specific one. so I was reading the summaries, and when I got to this one, I was like, hell yes, we are reading Pickle Puss. Um, Cernada has a brand. (laughs) Yes. We gotta read Pickle Puss. But I didn't realize, I had assumed that most of these books have that kind of, like, Babysitter's Club chapter where you can kind of read the series in like whatever order and you're going to get a little chapter that's like Emily has a sister and Jill is fat and (laughs) I mean I guess I picked up on that but it's you you get it yeah (laughs) they give it to you just not a chapter yeah just not like that (laughs) because everyone
2: just has the one defining characteristic yes
1: but so this um I didn't realize these books go throughout the school year and there's like one book for every month of the year And then a couple extras, I guess. And then the other spin-offs. So this one is the 12th book in the series, so it's a summer book. Yeah, there must be some extra Christmas ones or something. But basically, there's, like, one per month, and this is a summertime one. So it's later on in the series, so it definitely assumes that you already know these kids' deals. And I, you know, I figured it out, but it does kind of just drop you in there.
0: So when... Becca suggested this. First of all, I we were in a very noisy restaurant, and I didn't hear what she said, so when I tried to Google it, nothing came up. <laughs> and then she had to clarify to me later on that it was Polk Street School and not Polk Street School, ah. which is what I had initially heard. Why um, would you
2: name a school after a poke and not after our fine president
0: change? I, I don't. The Napoleon <laughs> of the, the Stump. stump. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think I assumed that it was going to be in a similar vein to, like, the Bailey school kids, and I don't know what about it in that first Google made me think that. Well, because it's got school kids in the name. Perhaps, but, like, I feel like I saw something that popped up in the Google, and I was like, oh, I get it. Monsters. Okay. I've accepted this, and I'm ready to move on.
1: Yeah, because one of them is called, like, Happy Halloween, comma, Beast, Something maybe, like
0: that. Maybe that was maybe it. Maybe that's
2: it. That's just what Richard Best goes by. Oh, it's, and I, it's the Beast and the Halloween Horror. I strongly support this child who, like, established his own nickname, and it fucking took. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Call me Beast. And all these children are like, all right.
0: <laughs> so you gotta get in there early. Kids are dumb. You gotta, like, when they're still trusting that like kindergarten first grade level you get and you say no this is my name so you have also to I me.
2: mean like because he stayed back he's bigger than them mm. It's possibly an intimidating presence yeah maybe like nah call me beast
1: well those early years you're also prone to just getting like renamed by your teacher like oh there's two dugs in the class so one of you has to go by your middle name <laughs> that never happened to me Renata but I witnessed <laughs> it, it happen to other kids
2: whereas uh, yeah. I uh, Rebecca who was frequently in a class with Rachel just had to learn to answer to both mm.
0: Weirdly, there were no other Caitlyns in my elementary and middle school. But by the time I got to high school, there were two other Caitlin's and a Kaylin. Mm. Luckily, we all spelled it differently. <laughs> and they largely went by nicknames and I, in school, largely went by Caitlin, So it helped clear things up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was expecting, I guess, like a monster. And then there wasn't one. I mean, I, I once I read the summary of this book, I was like... There's no deceptive monster in this. This is just...
2: There is a deceptive monster, and her name is Emily Arrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the real monster is humanity. (laughs) (laughs) That is the real lesson of these books.
1: By the way, I'm reading, I have the page pulled up for The Beast and the Halloween Horror, and the horror is that Beast has written, all all the kids had to write a letter to the author of this book they were supposed to read, but Beast didn't read the book. And so he wrote this letter of lies to the author. And then he he wrote that he loved the dog in the book and there was no dog in the book apparently. <laughs>
2: and uh, I feel like this is maybe just a series about kids who never do reading. Is that right? I mean, yeah, it is though, because it's, it's a strong feature. Like they're, cause I think probably Beast, Emily and Matthew until he moves away in the summer are the three that stand out the most and they all literally get pulled aside and go to a special reading class during the day and it like features frequently Mm. and I mean this one that's about summer reading got it Emily's like oh I'm not that good at reading but I gotta win yeah yeah relatable all
1: right
2: so it is it is a big aspect and I kind of tried look to see if it was like an intentional kind of I mean, I'm sure, like, obviously it's intentional, but it's like she wrote this book about not strong readers to appeal to not strong readers, but I couldn't find anything about that.
0: Yeah. And Emily Uro is sort of a monster in this, but she's not like a werewolf who is a camp counselor. So, I'm betting your fanfic.
2: <laughs>
0: so, let's talk about the book because it's real short, That's so fun. it won't take that much time. And uh, then we can talk about some other things. Uh, So as we've alluded to, this book takes place in the summer. And it is a double whammy for Renata. Not only does it feature a cat, but it Mm -hmm. features every librarian's favorite time of year. The summer reading program. Yes. And Emily is, for their summer reading program, for every book they read, they get to put a fish, like a paper fish, on the wall next to their name
1: or I yeah and the library and it's what is it catch a good book hook a good book I think it's hook a good book they've got a fishing theme to the program
0: yes so Emily has decided that even though she's not a super strong reader she is going to read a pile a hundreds of books she's going to get a pile of fish by the end of the summer and her little sister Stacy who's going to the library with her doesn't have a library card yet and she's real put out uh, because you can't get a library card until you can write your own name and she obviously can't read because she's very little but she wants to you know be a part of everything and have her own library card Um, but she tags along to the library with Emily and when Emily gets there she Picks out. She goes to pick out a book, and she wants to, in order to get a pile of fish, she acknowledges that since she's not a strong reader, she has to read smaller books, which she calls skinny minis. Uh, so she grabs like a random, very short book off of a pile and checks it out.
1: And the librarian's like, oh, do you like snakes? And Emily's it's like, about- no, gross. And then she looks down, and she's like, oh, fuck, I got a book about snakes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, just a brief sidetrack, uh, Stacy joins her serving looks.
0: Yes, yes, that is true. She is wearing her mother's high heels. And she did
2: have a blanket on her head earlier, which was her veil, but Emily <laughs> made her take it off. But she still walked all the goddamn way to the library in her mother's heels as a, what, like four or five year old. Yeah. <laughs> She's somebody I definitely think would be friends with Willa Jean. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Stacy's crushing it. Stacy has a lot of, like, good little weird one liners. By the way, I found it. There's some reading program that's called the Fish for a Good Book. And I just want to say that my thing that I made up, hook a book, is better. oh yeah,
2: no, it's garbage name. It doesn't even <laughs> make sense. There's so many more clever ways to say it. Yeah, but this book doesn't do things the clever way. Yeah.
0: no, There's that's also, true. <laughs> what's the name of the other boy? The boy who's like, oh, you're reading that chapter book, Freddie. Uh, Freddie. Freddie. So Freddy Yes. At one point, she picks up a larger book. And this other kid over, comes over and is like, oh, that book's so good. You're going to love it. You're taking it out, right? It's good. You're going to be great. We can talk about it when you're done. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally taking it out. And the moment he turns his back, she puts it back because it's too long for her to get done in a reasonable amount of time and like hides it back on the reshelf cart when he's not looking uh, and ends up with this. Snake book Snake instead. Book.
1: Yeah, I have two things to say. One, the book that she rejects is Five Children and It, which is a real book, and there's a couple other like real books sprinkled into this, which I liked. And two, this is why my summer reading program lets kids choose to count either the time they spend reading or the number of books. Because if you're only counting number of books, you are going to punish slow readers for trying to read longer books. <sighs> Get it together, Miss Whatever. <laughs> Miss Librarian.
2: I have no idea. Can't
0: oh. remember. Okay, I'm gonna flip through and find that. You keep you keep going. Um, so Emily goes home with her book about snakes, which she's not like fucking thrilled to be reading, but you know, whatever. It
1: is useful because it teaches her about mongooses and then that gives her something to compare her enemy Dawn to. Yes. Um, the librarian's name is Mrs. Baker. Call out to Mrs. <laughs> Baker, not great at her job, TBH.
0: So uh, she takes Emily takes a break from reading this book about snakes to go out and play hide and seek with Beast and Dawn and Jill. Beast, as we said earlier, we've described. Dawn is a kind of Emily's frenemy. She's like a mongoose. She's a
2: she's a real Hermione Granger kind of type, I think, in a way. Only not as good,
0: yep. but as sure she is
2: an aspiring Jill's, Hermione. Yes.
0: Jill's soul defining feature No is it's not her soul she That is, she's too. fat and cries yeah. She's a big she fat baby Yes
2: She's as
1: fat she... as a beach
2: ball and she... she looks like a yellow beach ball in her yellow bathing suit At Emily Arrow's pool
0: mm-hmm. It is every time this girl's name is mentioned They have to throw in like Oh also she's very fat
2: Which With... is funny in an illustrated book <laughs> Where she is depicted As exactly the same size yes. As all the other children
1: Yes, like, the illustrator did not get the memo, and I kind of love it. It's
0: just, like, and it's so, these books are so otherwise innocuous, and it's just every single time, it was just like, oh, like great, let's mention again that this child is so fat that why don't you taunt her for jumping into the pool that she might splash all the water out? Like, w- yeah. what?
1: she can't do hide and seek because she's, like, too fat to hide, but they have to pretend like they don't find her because she'll cry if she loses a hide and seek.
0: What the fuck? Yeah, it is very weird. Um, but so she's out, uh, Emily's out playing hide and seek and she's counting and when she comes out, while she's waiting, she hears rustling in the bushes, so when it's time to seek. She jumps into the bush where she hears the rustling, thinking that it's Beast, but it's not. A cat jumps out. And then, of course, she's made so much noise that everyone has heard her, and they're rushing to the to home to be safe. And she tries to outrun Dawn, and it's unclear in the text if she actually does or if they get there at the same time. But she and Dawn fight over whether or not Dawn is out, and then Dawn is like you're a garbage person. I'm going home. I'm not playing anymore. You're a pickle puss and leaves and yeah. pickle puss.
1: Is that a thing that ever a child would say?
2: My mom said it to me a lot. So I probably said it. Interesting. Did she <laughs> say it because you guys read this book though? Or was... No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Okay. My mom's just like secretly from the 40s. <laughs> she says a lot of weird things. Okay. She says holy Toledo a lot, which is really funny when my cousin, who is now like twenty five, said it when he was like four and he went, Holy Toledo (laughs) And everyone was like, Where did he get that? And I was like, My mom
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, objection rescinded.
0: (laughs) So here is my other qualm about this book, aside from from Jill's fatness. After Dawn leaves Beast is like, well, we don't have enough people to play hide-and-seek now. Like, Don, you have to stay and play with us. And Don's like, let me think about it. Uh, no, I'm not. And goes home. But then immediately afterwards, Richard's father is like, oh, it's time to come home. And they all go home. So they essentially, like, the amount of time allotted for this game of hide-and-seek was enough to play roughly one round of hide-and-seek, and then, like, that's it.
2: It's commentary on <laughs> how fast those summer evenings last mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you're playing with your friends and it just goes by so fast. <laughs> and you just want to be out there forever.
1: Yeah, it, the time... Overall...
2: Uh, <laughs> Don't follow that statement up with a yeah in <laughs> any capacity, even if you're just using it as filler.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but no, but... Um, overall the sense of timing in this book is whack and like i feel like this book simultaneously is meant to take a whole month but also like a day yeah and also by the end of summer reading uh emily has read three books and one of them was that snake book yes and i get it she's a slow reader and all that but she read the snake book in a day so was it a month and did she read two books in a month other than that one
0: well, one of them also, she reads, she gets, so she, she, well, okay. So, uh, yeah, Emily's we can very get into the Dawn. deceit,
1: but I just want to talk about the time separately <laughs> because that doesn't add up. But yeah, let's get back to how children are liars. Uh,
0: so, Emily and Don decide that they're not going to be friends right now, which I guess uh, is a recurring theme in yes. the, the books is that sometimes they're friends and sometimes they're not. Uh, and the next day, Emily is. At the pool. At her her pool? Yes. Her pool. Her pool. And Jill comes over in a yellow bathing suit that makes her look like a beach ball to use the pool. And why do they go back to the library? Is she just suddenly like, oh my god, I need more books so I can beat Dawn?
1: Yeah, I think They're,
0: so. Like, we, miss- because they
1: established the contest pretty
2: early on. Oh, Dawn walks by with books in her arms.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. And that spurs... So they decide they're going to go to the library. So they immediately get out of the pool and get dressed. And on their way to the library, they find Beast who is trying to lure a cat down from a tree. And it's the same cat that Emily saw the night before playing hide and seek. And he says that he has been uh, trying to like watch this cat, but his mom won't let him keep it and he's been feeding it potato chips and it really likes potato chips and emily is like oh my mom would let me keep the cat so without having spoken to her mom uh so we we should get the cat like we'll take the cat home uh but the cat spooks and runs away and they have to go to the library still so they leave and go to the library where uh Dawn already has two fish up by her name. And Emily takes out two more books from the library, one for Stacy and then two other like very very short books. One of which is about not tying. Yes. And, and one of them is Make Way for Ducklings. Yes, and that's the book she takes out for Stacy. So she feels very, like, vaguely guilty that she's taking these skinny books out in order to get more books for summer reading, but not, like, that guilty because she needs to beat Dawn. Yes. So she reads the knot tying book in, like, two minutes, but she already knows how to tie knots, so it's pointless. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, because once again, she just randomly grabbed books from the shelf without looking at them. So the other book is The Giving Tree, and she's like, oh, I've already read this, and you can't, can't count books you've already read.
2: Maybe if that librarian was doing her fucking job. Uh Uh-huh. Mrs. Baker, what are you doing?
0: (laughs) Also, not to quibble with this, but The Giving Tree is not a very skinny book. Like if you are pulling books randomly off the shelf because they look skinny, that is not one that I feel like a child would go for because it is a very, very short book because most of the pages are illustrations, but it is very thick. So, also, minor is,
1: is there. Mrs. Baker shelving fiction and nonfiction together? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how is the knot tying in the snake book on the same neighborhood as the Giving Tree? I
2: don't know. Questions. I don't know. I also like when Stacy asked about what's the prize for the fish for a good book contest, and Mrs. Baker says the real prize is reading a good book. <laughs> yeah. Stacy says. I like a real prize that's candy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stacey is the star of this book, yeah. hands down. No question about it. So on the way, during during that week, they see the cat week, again. Week, question mark, day, question mark. <laughs> they decide that they're going to go out looking for the cat. So they're all prepared to go looking and they find the cat at Dawn's house because Dawn claims it's her cat that she has found and her mother has let her keep. And Emily says, well, no, like, it's my cat. We're looking for her and my mom said that we can keep her. And then has, like, an aside to herself that her mom only said yes after they fought about it for a very long Mm -hmm. time. And they decide that they are going to have a contest and whoever reads the most books by the end of summer reading gets to keep the cat. No adults involved in any of this. Just... Who gets to pick the, who gets to keep the cat is chosen by how many people, how many books they read? So Emily goes to take back her books to the library and she doesn't mean to count the giving tree as a book because she has already read it. but Mrs. Baker isn't at the library. There's a substitute librarian
2: who's even worse than Mrs. Baker at librarian.
0: Mm-hmm. True. And when she drops the book off the library and the substitute librarian is like, oh, you can put two fish up on the chart. And she's like, I should say I can only put one up. But so she's just about convinced herself to only put one fish on the chart when Freddie, Freddie, the guy from the beginning of the book who was like, read this long chapter book, is like, hey, like, hey, you can put up two fish. We should put another one up and grabs a blue fish and just puts it up without consulting her. And she kind of decides to live with the lie. But she does feel guilty enough that she gets a thicker book out of the library, which is Ramona, um, and then goes home to read it. And she ends up really loving the Ramona book, Hell but yeah. it is, clearly takes her longer to read. She Wait. also has
2: guilt dreams about fish trying to eat her.
0: Yes.
1: So then some time passes. Suddenly it's the last day of summer and it's the library summer reading party. Um, by the way, you can't have your library summer reading party on the last day before school starts because everybody's busy getting ready for school. You're not going to have kids come. <laughs> but I guess Mrs. Baker does have kids come, so whatever.
0: And also, this summer reading program is like a week long. It's
1: yes. the month of August. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a month, question mark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so she is at the library and discovers that because she has finished the Ramona book she now has read four books and Dawn has only read three and Dawn is crying oh that's what it was Stacy while Emily is reading the Ramona book at home has decided she is going to learn to write her name so she can get a library card even though she can't read or spell Um,
2: neither can Emily
0: so Emily Take some time away from reading the Ramona book to help her learn how to write her name so she can get a library card. Um, So Stacey comes with her to the party and they realize that she has, Emily has more books on the chart than Dawn and Dawn is crying because she, this cat that she's now taking care of for a month has to go live with someone else and Emily feels so bad about it and feels so guilty about her book that she didn't, shouldn't have counted that she goes over and rips one of the fish down off of her chart and says, look, we've read the same. It's a tie. You keep the cat. And Dawn is very excited and happy for this. Meanwhile, when they the girls come in, Mrs. Baker says, Emily, I need to speak with you about something in a minute. Which made me think it was gonna be she was gonna call her out for cheating. Mm -hmm. But what she really does is say warn (laughs) her. Yes. Is say, My neighbor's moving and she's this is the most wild thing, so prepare yourself. My neighbor's moving and she can't take her gerbil with her. I know that you like snakes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So can you take her gerbil home as a pet?
2: Maybe she thinks that Emily likes snakes so much she has one, and she's like, maybe you'd like to feed this gerbil to your pet snake.
0: <laughs> maybe. I Nothing about it. Every single part of it, like, every word in that sentence got weirder and weirder.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also she's like, oh, I know you helped Stacy learn to write her name. That's really cool of you. And so, like, if she is that observant, does she also know that Emily's been cheating? Or
2: what? I mean, she doesn't know because she wasn't there that day. The cheating happened. Oh, that's true. And you know Mrs. Min not paying attention. She's out there shelving in snake books next to the giving tree. This
0: <laughs> is <laughs> uh, the end of the story. Everyone gets a happy ending. Don gets to keep the cat. Emily gets a gerbil. And also decides to read the book that Richard or Freddie told her to read. Five mm-hmm. children in it. Yes. And Stacy has a library card, and everyone lives happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And Don buys cat food for the cat, not potato chips.
1: (laughs) Yeah, between, like, this and the Benicula family giving their dog brownies, like, I just have to wonder, if has like, has any children's book author ever had a pet? (laughs) (sighs) Like, or have they ever, have they all just immediately killed their pets by feeding them the wrong food and then just been like well this is sad i'll write a book about it
0: (laughs) i'll write a book book where my pet will live forever i will give these
2: children this book a cat then it will never die (laughs) they can feed it whatever they want
0: and i will say that inadvertently the gerbil ends up being like turns the cat thing into a great bargaining tactic for Emily who had to work so hard to convince her mother to keep this cat and now gets to go home and be like, Hey, good news. Uh, I got this gerbil instead of the cat, a gerbil, which takes up much less space and needs much less attention and is much easier to care for than a cat. So it kind of is like, you know, when you try to convince someone to spend $500 on something and then are like, Oh, we could get this $100 something.
1: Yeah. That worked, you know, like, yeah, that worked out. I still don't, I, like, these people with the gerbil, like, I'm moving, I can't take my gerbil. Like, I think <laughs> they're pretty portable. <laughs> Maybe they're moving to an apartment. It doesn't allow pets. But I feel like gerbils usually are sort of an exception, and, like, fish. Like, if you can't have a cat or a dog, you can have a, whatever. Whatever, Emily got a gerbil, it's fine.
2: I don't know if that gerbil ever featured again. It seems like it is something they would do, but also the other ones are all like all the mysteries are Dawn focused. Mm. So it's all about her cat, Powder Puff, and her nanny, who just like fucking is baller. <laughs> her nanny, she has like this is my shirt my nanny sewed me, this is my sweater my nanny knit me. And then, like, in this last one I was reading this morning, nanny's out there fixing a sink. And she's like, you go to the hardware store and get me a washer, thanks. And I'm like, nanny. And she's like, gardening, she does everything. Nice. She cooks. I don't know where Don's parents are. They're I didn't there. know where
1: any of the parents were. I mean, I guess what, Richard's dad came
2: that one time.
1: Emily and yeah, Stacy em- seem wildly unattended. Emily's dad is a cop. Okay, well, she's not in jail for her crimes, so.
0: <laughs> I mean, that
2: tracks.
1: Emily's dad is a cop. The and when, is corrupt.
2: In, in the the mystery where Don loses Powerpuff... He calls the cop station and has him run the plates of the car that she saw trying to find it. This is worrisome. And then comes the Make Lost cat posters where they all color vastly different cats and make like lost. <laughs> <laughs> and Dawn's address. <laughs> Welcome to the 80s. <laughs>
0: Also, just the, the oh, you lost a cat, I'll call the cops and run the player It just reminds me so much of House of Danger, where you're like, yes. oh, my friend, I'm possibly 12 or I an adult. into the,
2: the, the cop system. The password was password. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, House of Danger! What a time to be alive <laughs> <laughs> or dead. Yeah, we still <laughs> we haven't
1: replayed it yet. I'm sure there's tons of endings we haven't gotten. So many endings. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this book, this series, I definitely think this is something where if you hadn't read it as a kid and you pick up pick it up as an adult, it does not have a lot to offer. Like, I I can see. Like, I think this sort of um. You know, we've been joking about how children are liars. I think this is a pretty like. Relatable problem though of like oh you've assumed that I read something and like you can see where Emily's coming from. It's it's not like she had this big scheme she just sort of stumbled into some reading fraud and then like that kind of <laughs> guilt.
2: That's how they get you. Yeah
1: she's you know like I think that's relatable. <laughs> I think that's fine. I, I didn't think this book was bad she like, didn't so
2: much sorry she didn't so much fall into summer reading for rod <laughs> it sucked your <her> <laughs> <Exactly>. thank you <laughs> <sighs> yep yeah
0: it, it definitely I can see how especially with this focus on children who are not a strong readers that the shortness of the chapters the illustrations the relatability of the kids, would make this a very ideal book to give to kids who are at that, like, I'm not a very good reader and I just want to get through it and I want chapters so that I can track my progress kind of deal. Um, but it's not, because of how well it works for that, it is not very engaging as an adult. You know, whereas something, because it when you're you're writing for that audience, you can't put in all of the sideways jokes and weird puns and like bizarre references to authors that we've seen in the last few books we've read for flashback summer because these those kids aren't at that level yet so the whole reason why it works well for kids is the reason why it doesn't work
2: And that's it. also why you can't put in 26 days of the month of August
1: here's the thing I don't fault it for that so much as just I feel like you could have had like one sentence that was like over the next two weeks Emily read three more books move on but there's none of that and then clearly at the end of the summer she's only read three books in one month and that just doesn't I still have questions
2: she's too obsessed with this cat (laughs)
1: but if but if she really wants the cat
2: she needs to read the books that's too much (laughs) Just teach her sister how to exactly. write a name. That's what she does the whole back half of August is teach Stacy how to write Stacy
1: but that <laughs> seems like it was just one afternoon <laughs> Whatever <sighs> um, do we want to move into our dramatic readings or is there any other
2: anything else we want to get out? I do want to point out I got these on Kindle. Please, God, if you are... I don't know how ebooks get made, because I'm not a smart person, and I just don't give a fuck. I just want to <laughs> get them from the library for free. But if you are a person who makes ebooks, particularly ones for children, goddamn look at them before you publish them, because these are riddled with typos. This one was not as bad, but was pretty bad. The Beast in Miss Rooney's Room was unintelligible. I don't know how any child would pick up this Kindle and be like, I can read this, because it's like, a T is slash seven, and just other words when i first stumbled across the first one like miss rooney was saying like i'll bet we win the banner because it's a big thing that like the principal assigns a banner to one of the classes every week and you all have to be good and win the banner what she says is till bet and I was like, is this some fucking weird thing? How did I read this as a child and just accept this? What is... No, it's just a goddamn typo. And when, like, St- she's teaching Stacy how to spell her name in the Kindle book,
0: a T is backslash seven. Yeah, And I was like, wow, Stacey's a robot. <laughs> well, our early on in the Kindle book, Stacy's name is spelt with a carrot yep. instead of one of the letters. So her name
2: is five backslash seven. <laughs> carrot and then it says specifically in the text just as flavor that all her wives look like fours so it's like c4 so she is a robot this is my fanfic stacy is Noel from the adventure zone
1: yes. in a future it. life uh i i got a print edition from the library and it's just
2: fine pristine <laughs> which also that was the other thing i wanted to say like obviously you guys had never heard of them but they're out there oh for sure they're all over the place. I was, like, surprised when you guys were like, oh, I hadn't heard of them. I'm like, oh, well, we won't be able to get this on Kindle. We'll have to maybe get a hard copy from the book. But there's Kindle copies in, all, like, all the libraries. Not all of them, but they were out there. I was surprised. I was surprised, I too, you. because
0: so many of them were available, too. Like, not mm-hmm. just this one, but many of them. Yeah. And the next series we're doing for Flashback Summer, which I had heard of before but never read, I can't find anywhere. I have to buy it. Yeah, it's just it's not available anywhere. And it's, it kept publishing up until the mid-2000s. Like, it's not like it was so long ago that it's disappeared.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, where's best listeners, chime off in the comments if you read <laughs> The Polk Street School Kids, or at least heard of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll say for me, like, I did this weird thing with reading where I skipped over a lot of these kinds of books. Like, I read a few of the Babysitter's Club Little Sister books, which I think were around this kind of, like, level and this kind of time period. But I... I read them so fast that my mom was like, uh, like it's a waste of your time to read those books. Let's just get you the regular Babysitter's Club books. Which, in retrospect, I don't know. Um, but I did. So I I jumped really quickly over this level into like kind of the next level of like proto YA books
0: or whatever. I did. I also did that. Like, I, in fact, literally the same thing with Little Sister, except I kept reading them because I was like, well, I'm invested now. Um, I need to know what continues to happen to Karen. Yeah, but I like those because brother... of
1: Karen's glasses. I liked. <laughs> um.
0: My brother was a really reluctant reader and he needed a lot of, I don't know if help is the word, but like encouragement. And he read a lot of these shorter chapter books because like my parents would get him anything that would interest him. Um, and read it to him so there are a lot of these like m- um, very introductory chapter books like pre-middle grade chapter books that I am familiar with in series that I am familiar with like the Bailey School Kids not because I read them for myself but because my parents got them for Brendan and I would read literally anything that was That's, down yeah. on a surface long enough much like Becca was explaining earlier with how she picked them up from Ben, so. I was like,
2: ben was reading them, but I was like, cool, these are on your bookshelf. I'm going to sneak into your room and take them, because <laughs> I've read all my books. Thank you. I never read Little Sister. I didn't even know Little Sister existed until I was, like, 30 books into the Babysitter's Club series. I was just like, I don't care about Karen. She's a brat.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, but she had glasses, so. <laughs> so did Mallory. God. Oh my god, I can't relate to Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> What do you take me for? <laughs> 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 oh my god! One of my friends that hadn't read *Babysitters Club* and like ever, which is a weird, but b she posts online like, "Someone tell me what Babysitters Club member I am." And one of her friends that I didn't know was like, "Oh, you're a Mallory," and I was like, "You are in a fight with this person, you know, <laughs> like." You can't take that from your friends.
0: (laughs) Someone I know used to say that Anna Martin was a Mallory who wanted to be a Marianne. Okay. And that that explained a lot about the characterization of those two characters, which not having known Anna Martin personally, I can't speak to that one way or the other, but it does feel with the evolution of those two characters accurate.
1: Yeah, that checks out. I wonder if sort of the enduring why these are available in ebooks and stuff is just because Patricia Riley Giff was so prolific and like also her later true. books yeah. were so well known that they're like oh we've got these in the back catalog sure let's badly digitize them and throw them out there
2: <laughs> just <laughs> pop them in a scanner and I'm sure it'll be
1: fine yeah <laughs> that's my theory solid I've yeah all right I'm gonna move on to dramatic readings I'm gonna read a little bit from this uh, cat debate. Beast turned around. He had a cat in his arms. Look what I found. The cat was black. It had one white ear. It had a white tip on its tail. Duarte just came in meowing because he heard me I was just going to say, I
2: was like, do I hear Duarte? <laughs> <laughs> I heard you reading about another cat he just like, kicks open your door. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Duarte's helping me produce this radio drama. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uh, I saw him last week, Emily said. The cat wiggled to get out of Beast's arms. Beast put it down. I found him in my tree. Emily reached out to pet the cat. The cat put its back up in the air. It took a dancing step. He's a brave one, Emily said. That's the best kind. Stacy began to sing. Tough, tough, toughy." The cat grabbed one of Emily's sneaker laces. It began to pull. This cat was playing a hilarious prank. (laughs) (laughs) what's his name jill asked (laughs) cat said beast i want to keep him he raised his shoulders in the air but my mother said no i'll take him emily crossed her fingers if my mother says i'm feeding him beast said milk and potato chips jill tossed her braids in the air you can't give a cat potato chips correct jill this cat likes them beast poured some out of the bag He licked his fingers. I like them, too. Let me hold him, Emily said. She picked up the cat. It began to chew on her collar. He should have a nice name, Emily said. A name like Blackie, Jill said. Jill, you're losing those points you earned earlier with your observation. Tippy said Beast. Emily shook her head. Maybe my turn, said Stacy. Let me hold him now. I'll, I'll end there. They go on for a while, but it it ends with Stacy suggesting Pickle Puss as a name, and that's also the name of his book. Good
0: observation. Thank you.
2: Well, you can't call it Emily Arrow's a liar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the subtext. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read a part from the very end at the library party where Emily Arrow is rewarded for her lies. <laughs> Mrs. Baker was standing at a table. She was giving out juice and cupcakes. She smiled at them. I have to ask you something later. Emily nodded. She said hello to Jill. Then she went over to the fish for a good book chart. Dawn was standing there. Emily looked over her shoulder. She could see her four fish. Two tan ones, a red one, and that blue one. She looked at Dawn's name. Dawn still only had three fish. She had lost. Emily could take the cat home. She took a deep breath. Stacy danced over to them. She waved a paper around. "I have to write my name," she said, "small and dark, right?" "Right," said Emily. She leaned over Stacy. She watched her make the S. She looked at Don. Dawn. Don's face was red. "Where's the cat?" Emily asked. "He's home." Don had tears in her eyes. "On my bed." I told him it was the last time. "Oh," said Emily she watched stacy make the a very nice right emily stacy asked yes i worked hard on this stacy told dawn that's good dawn said are you crying stacy asked no dawn said stacy finished her name she went to the front emily looked at the chart again freddie had a bunch of fish so did edward beast sister holly had the most emily looked at her own fish she thought about the cat maybe he would miss dawn dawn wasn't a mongoose she wasn't a cheater either she read big fat books emily reached up she dug under the thumbtack she pulled off the blue fish it left a space in the middle of the other fish she turned to dawn we both have three fish we're even steven dawn's mouth opened she still had tears in her eyes how come it was a mistake emily said someone put it up by mistake Dawn wiped her eyes. Who gets the cat? We could choose, Emily said slowly. Stacy came back, came to the back. She had a blue library card. I'm going to get a book, she said, one with lots of pictures. All right, Emily said. Do we get a cat, asked Stacy. Emily didn't answer for a minute. Then she shook her, shook her head. Dawn gets pickle puss. Powder puff, said Dawn. I think we need a dog anyway, said Stacy i'm going to find a book about one you saved my life don said let's get some juice said emily they went over to mrs baker you helped stacy with her name mrs baker said you're a neat kid don squeezed emily's arm you are emily felt wonderful she wasn't a mongoose and i wanted to ask you mrs baker began i know you like snakes and cats said stacy she had a book under her arm my neighbor is moving, said Mrs. Baker. She wants someone to take her gerbil. That's us, said Stacy. Emily smiled. Right. I'll bring it tomorrow, said Mrs. Baker. Emily nodded and went over to the shelves. She had to get two books. One about gerbils.
1: That That is some of the most um, pet care maintenance we've seen someone do in this book. Like She is getting a book about gerbils to prepare for owning a gerbil. Probably she won't try to feed it potato chips. Fingers crossed. Unless she gets distracted and doesn't actually read the gerbil book. Seems like it could go 50-50.
0: It's entirely possible. It depends on how long it is and how many pictures mm, I feel. Yes. She oh. does know how to tie that gerbil up in knots. She does. <laughs>
2: the gerbil will not escape. Not escape. Ayo. Oh, boy. Okay.
1: Uh, all right. You guys want to play some Would You Rather?
0: Let's do it. What
2: if I said no? i uh, we make you go in the other room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
0: fine. We'll play ourselves.
1: Uh, I don't... Do, do, we could play uh, Two Truths and a Lie or Mafia, <laughs> I
2: guess. I'm not
0: really prepared. For that. I don't think that Mafia would really translate well to a, an audio medium.
2: We can play Werewolves.
0: It'll so be fine. <laughs> a three-player
1: game of Mafia on a podcast wouldn't work? <laughs> Alright, I guess we'll just stay play Would You Rather
2: then. Stay tuned for our next bonus episode. <laughs> uh,
1: would you rather play Mafia on a podcast or <laughs> play Would You Rather on a podcast? <laughs> uh, obviously, Would You Rather. Uh, would you rather read a book about snakes or read another Polk Street
2: School book? I mean, I went and downloaded, like, five other Polk Street School Books after reading the first one and no books about snakes. So I think I answered my own question. You've done it. I did it. I did the thing.
0: Um, I mean, if we're straight up talking just like one of those nonfiction children's illustrated like books about snakes than uh, I'll read a, another Polk Street A skinny,
2: book. a skinny mini snake book. So not
0: Good Omens, a book about snakes.
2: Exactly. That was exactly
0: <laughs> where my brain was going. That was where, yes, I would rather read that than than, uh, I would rather read another Polk Street School book than another, than a children's nonfiction book about snakes. It could be any book about snakes. Like, clearly, I've been pulled back into Good Omens uh, fever <laughs> thanks to the miniseries and would rather reread that, I which that... I already have done, so it doesn't, doesn't matter.
1: I mean, you know, I did say book about snakes, plural, and arguably Good Omens' is book about snake, singular. True. That is true. So disqualified. <laughs> uh, I'll take the snake book. Uh, I, I didn't especially yeah. enjoy this book, and... You know, the snake book would probably have some cool pictures. Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh How about, would you rather attend
0: Polk Street School or Wayside School? I feel like this is going to be divisive. I think I would rather attend Wayside School. I f- yeah, I feel like it's...
1: I feel like there's a lot of factors. Wayside School seems like definitely the more dangerous school to attend. Like, you might get turned into an apple, um... You're
2: probably going to have really great quads from going up 30 flights yeah. of stairs every day. That's the one deciding factor is I'm going to Polk Street School because it's based on the non-fantasy maps that are in the beginning of every single book where there's a map about whatever's relevant. Is that what that was? Yes. There, whether it's a map of the classroom or a map of the town or it's it, it like makes slightly more sense in the mysteries, but it's in all of them. There is a picture of whatever setting laid out. I was Um, like, is this
0: abstract art about this book? (laughs) Like, what am I looking at?
2: Yeah, so that's like, which is funny because based on one of them, it's like, this school is this, what, second grade classroom and then the next classroom that Beast did not get to go into with the rest of his class, and then the principal's office and the art room, and that (laughs) is the school. Uh Which honestly sounds baller because I'm not going up to the 30th floor, sorry. So I'm going to Pope Street School.
1: Yeah, I think when I was a kid, I... Um, I read a lot of these, not this specifically, but like Baby Stage Club, a lot of books where kids were like riding their bikes to each other's houses and like living in a neighborhood and where I grew up it was so rural that I didn't have that kind of access. Um, so that is really appealing. Although I feel like the Wayside School kids also seem to be living places where they could have bike adventures. It just wasn't focused on that because their school is so whack guess what i'm saying is i would like some friends as a child (laughs) (laughs) friends are a liar (laughs) uh it seems like either way i could get that um but i'll say wayside school just i mean here's the thing like if you go to wayside school then for the rest of your life you are set for any kind of like you know, fun facts about your childhood, or, like, you've got a pocket full of, like, whack stories to pull out and entertain people. But the therapy bills. Mm, well. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everything's got its pros and cons. (laughs) All right, last up, would you rather eat a cupcake at Mrs. Baker's library party? Oh, Baker. Did she make them herself? Or eat at Steaks and Cakes, which is, of course, the fictional restaurant from Christian Mingle the movie that only serves steaks and cakes. Why would
2: I get one small cake at a library from a bad librarian when I could get (laughs) one whole steak and one whole cake from Christian's?
0: (laughs) Precisely
2: my thought process. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, like... There's just no question. So I'll I'll see you guys at Steaks and Cakes after I finish recording. (laughs) Bring your own water. There's no beverages at Steaks and Cakes.
2: (laughs) Steaks and Cakes is definitely BYOB.
1: (laughs) Alright, let's move on to Reader's Advisory where we'll suggest some other books to read instead of or in addition to the Polk Street School Kids series
0: there are like a million books of this short type um of these like beginning chapter books about kids who are regular kids who go to school and shit Mm -hmm. there's probably a whole section of them in your library Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i mean i this isn't something that i read for fun nor is it like i don't usually work with this age range of children so i haven't really read most of these i have googled lists of early chapter books and i can Link to some of these in our readers' advisory page at worstbestsellers.com Check it out. But I don't really have any personal recommendations where I'm like, oh, you gotta read this one because I haven't read any of these.
0: Um, I did used to work with this age group, and I have read, including a lot of the ones that are on Renata's list, um, a bunch of them. And just off the top of my head, some that I really like are um, the Mercy Watson books by Kate D. Camillo. Mercy Watson is a Pig. I love her. Uh, Clementine series by Sarah Pennypacker I really enjoyed, um, and uh, The Princess in Black Books by Shannon and Dean Hale, and I mentioned several times the Bailey School Kids books, which are real, like, it's it's a group of kids at this school, and, like, all of the adults in their lives are possibly monsters, and each book is about them being introduced to a new adult and trying to crack the mystery of whether or not they are actually a mummy or a yeti or a vampire or a werewolf or whatever. I remember enjoying them when my brother was reading them when I was probably too old for them but as I said would just pick up whatever books he was reading and read them as well. So yeah, there's that. Um,
1: I will say one other thing. At least based on the illustrations and descriptions in this book, all the kids of Polk Street school seem to be white, and lately, in the last, I don't know, five, ten years, there definitely has been a pretty big proliferation of diverse early chapter books uh, about kids of color and written by authors of color, so that's pretty good.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, The Alvin Ho series is really good, and the Sofia Martinez series I like.
1: Again, there's a bunch of these. We'll have a list on worstbestsellers.com that you can take a look at if you are in the market for books of this age group. Um, Becca, did you have anything you want to shout out? No. All right. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Asked and answered. Let's move on to candy pairing where just like a non-steaks and cakes restaurant will suggest a fine wine to go with your meal. We'll suggest a candy to go with this book. Um, mine is a specifically a product from Trader Joe's, which is called Scandinavian Swimmers. And it's their knockoff of Swedish fish. And so, of course, you know, fish, just like fish for a good book. But also, like, I really like Swedish fish, and I tend to like Trader Joe's candy, and I was, like, delighted by this name, Scandinavian Swimmers. It's such a good knockoff name. But <laughs> There's something wrong with Trader Joe's Swedish fish recipe and they just don't taste quite right. (laughs) So this book was a little disappointing to me as an adult reader in the way that Scandinavian swimmers are to me as
2: a candy eater. Uh, Mine is Two Melted Hershey Kisses in Your Pocket on a Summer Day, which is something that one of the kids pulls out in one of the other books, just like apropos of nothing. He's like, wait! And he pulls them out, and he's like, you want one? And the kid's like, yes. And they eat them, and she's like, oh, it's gooey. And I was like, why did this happen? <laughs> and there's no answer. It was not relevant. But uh, I'm sure it'd be a little,
0: a little, make, make you go, Ugh. Uh And mine, looking at it from the point of view of reading this book as an adult, is a sugar-free hard candy. Because, like, sure, technically it's candy, I guess, but, uh... <laughs> fair
1: alright now let's play The Rock Paper Snicked where Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book and I'll say who Wolverine from X-Men would be if he were in this book and Becca will choose which most enhances the book or can choose paper which is to leave the book as is
0: alright if The Rock were in this book he would be a charming animal control officer who's looking for the cat And he wouldn't be in the story very much because there's not much story to be in, but he would pop in and out in it as a humorous adversary for the kids while they're looking for the cat.
1: Aw. The Rock. I would love that. All right. If Wolverine were in this book, he would drop by the Polk Street neighborhood just to tell Beast that that nickname is already taken, Bub. So Richard Best would have to give up his nickname Beast and he would choose to go by Dick instead. And I feel like that would make this book like 5% funnier.
2: I'm going to go with The Rock, because first of all, as I said, nothing but respect for Beast, who is this like, eight-year-old child who's like, no, my name is Beast, <laughs> and that is what you will call me. And also because I want to see the illustrations by Blanche Sims of The Rock with all these like very long-legged children.
0: <laughs> it just, it reminds me of the nickname thing. I can't remember if it was an episode of Sawbones or Mabim Bam where Justin was like, every nickname I've ever had, I made up and made people use for me. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) right.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, good game. Uh, Let's move on. What do we think the moral of the story
0: is? My moral of the story is that if you're going to cheat at summer reading anyway, at least cheat with books that might actually interest you yeah emily would just grab random books if you're gonna get the skinny minis at least grab one on fucking cats or whatever that is actually something that you care about instead of blindly grabbing them off the shelf
1: yeah and these children had nothing but time on their hands it's not like oh no my mom's coming i gotta just grab a book just just take five minutes find a book
2: My moral is, don't read books you read when you were five, five because five-year-olds are idiots. (laughs) And liars. (laughs) And liars, for sure. (laughs)
1: Uh, My moral is, and I don't think this moral actually is um, in the book, but it's just what I would like for people to understand, that pet ownership (laughs) is a serious responsibility. Speaking of which, now it's time for Duarte's Corner, where my cat Duarte will once again weigh in with his opinions about the book. Yeah, Georgia. look, you're right. This is a really undignified way for a cat to find a home. Um, at least the cat did not end up named Pickle Puss. I feel like that's good.
0: And, you know, Dorothee, not to call you a hypocrite or anything, but if we're talking about undignified ways for cats to find homes... <laughs> You you weren't, like, 100% better off in that category. Your home clearly is someone who knows much more about pet responsibility and takes much better care of you, but, like, let's not throw stones, Duarte.
2: Oh, Don't make fun of my trash baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, or Powder Puff, as it's not called, it's going to be living that same life because you know Nani's going to be out there sewing cat costumes for him and dressing him up for christmas photos yes yes that's <laughs> the book
1: that i want <laughs> uh, all right well duarte th- thanks for playing you know i'll let you get back to your nap now that seems important all right do any humans have any closing thoughts no
2: <laughs> no it's pretty straightforward
1: yeah <laughs> pretty cut and dry pretty cut and dry you know it's fine other than like the fat shaming stuff it wasn't like offensive and we'll say like also
2: just to point out like everyone's body gets commented upon if it's in any extreme because don's also pointed out for being extremely skinny in several of the books a mongoose
0: a mongoose, which... Yeah.
2: are mongoose? monkeys I don't even know what a mongoose bucket looks I meant like. to Google
0: it, and then I didn't. I Whatever. think they're kind
2: of, like, ferret Yeah, I was gonna say, like, ottery, kind of. Yeah, um, like... But and yeah. not as skinny gets, as a
1: snake, to be honest, but for no, a mammal, no. kind of long
2: and skinny. Yeah, it gets commented on a lot in all directions.
1: Yeah. Fair
2: enough. All right. Well, if you would like to come
1: and talk to us about the burdens of pet ownership or... You know what teachers you think might secretly be monsters or anything like that you can uh, like us on facebook or facebook.com slash worst bestsellers we are on twitter at worst bestseller with no s because stacy is having a hard time writing that s and so we tried to make it easier for her Uh, we have a goodreads group that is best accessed by going to our website worstbestsellers.com
0: and clicking on the goodreads link you can uh, subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, basically wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, and if you do subscribe to us, please take a moment to rate and review us. When you rate and review us, it pushes us up a little bit on the charts and makes it easier for new listeners to find us. Uh, if you don't rate and review us, you're a pickle puss. Just straight, <laughs> straight up. Sorry, it's the truth.
1: Oh my gosh, Kate, you can't say such hurtful things for listeners. <laughs> that's too far
0: you can also uh support us on patreon at patreon.com slash worst bestsellers uh where you can pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like pay becca for editing our podcasts and uh buy equipment and commission merch speaking of which you can find all sorts of merchandise for our podcast to wear on your body and hang on your walls and drink your coffee out of and dress
2: your cat up in and
0: dress your cat up in by going to bestsellers.com and clicking on merch can we commission some gerbil shirts
2: <laughs>
0: or somehow <laughs> even better, only if he will
1: take
2: care of it having said that in my brain contorting it gerbil shorts
0: <laughs> like, like, like shorts is a
2: gerbil on the butt <laughs> yes
0: Four gerbils. <laughs> Shorts for gerbils that say gerbils no, on the butt. So
2: you know which one it is and don't mistake it for a cat. I guess, <laughs> or um, we'll look into it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'm sure we'll sell a lot. <laughs>
1: um, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Renata Snacks.
0: If you want to follow me personally on any social media, I'm at fourteen across.
2: And on Twitter, I am gin enthusiastic. And in real life, oh yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong.
1: Uh, all right. Well, Becca, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for reading this boring book meant for five year olds.
1: <laughs> you know, it was a quick read. It didn't give me like weird uh, existential dread like some of the other books we've read. <laughs> <laughs> So all all in all, I'm not mad about it. (laughs) Um, And we will be back continuing Flashback Summer with uh, Rotten Romans from the Horrible History series by Terry Deary. That one's probably going to be gross and I'm a little worried about it, but (laughs) we'll find out. (laughs) All right. um, Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.